Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. For your lives. It's time for MP on the mic. Cunning, capable, agile, flexible. It gets me pumped and it gets me going. Michael Phillips is... Let's go! MP on the mic. Tuesday morning, what's up? Hope everybody had a great President's Day weekend out there. Long weekend. We took the long weekend, too, because... You know, why not? When it's available to you, when Odyssey says you can you can have the day off, we take the day off. We do it. We're back, though. We got lots to talk about. Stunner down in Blacksburg last night. Not that, not that Tech beat UVA because they were favored entering the game, and I think we all know that, that UVA is a team that the wheels have come off from time to time this year. That That's happened. Uh, we've seen it. We saw it earlier in the year. But 75-41, to 41, just running ice cold for so long uh and virginia tech roughing up the Cavs inside uh playing a physical brand of basketball everything mike young's wanted out of that team and has not received so far it's also a vcu basketball game night they're taking on umass tonight we'll get you ready for that of course you'll hear that right here on the fans seven o'clock tip six fifteen pregame show with awad awad radio takes over for me at noon 12 to 3 grant and danny will drive you home before we get to vcu pregame tonight as they take on umass but i think it's a good time coming off the long weekend coming off a a surprise result uh, i'm gonna tell you the net rankings here in a second because because they caught me off guard because the the plan was you know let's talk about our local teams uva tech Richmond, VCU, JMU. Uh, And what do they need to do to get into the tournament? Those are the five, by the way. Anybody else just needs to win their conference tournament. So that's a quick discussion. What does William & Mary need to do? Well, they need to win their conference tournament. Longwood, conference tournament. Liberty, conference tournament. Those are the five, though, that, that have a chance, and I'm not saying they will, but have a chance to be at large teams in this year's NCAA tournament. And, you know, we've got a tradition of putting a lot of teams in this thing every year. So it's it's dicey right now because after last night, I would have told you going into last night UVA was a sure thing to make the tournament. I still think UVA's much more likely than not to make the tournament. I think they're really close to a sure thing. Um, but I don't know that you can lock it in at this point because two of their next three 
are North Carolina and Duke. Uh, two, of, two of the best teams running right now. And then you also got opportunities to stumble. You got Boston College on the road and Georgia Tech at home, neither of which is going to give you a quality win. Uh, one and three there, I think, reopens the discussion, unfortunately, for the Cavs. I think they can lose to UNC and Duke, uh, but they've got to handle their business then as Boston College and Georgia Tech win one in the ACC tournament tourney uh, to feel good about themselves. So we open the phone lines to you as well, 833-804-0910. You want to weigh in on what happened on the court last night? Uh, what you're thinking about these teams and what the committee will think about them going into March? I, I think VCU is the most interesting one. We'll we'll get to them in a second because VCU's got a fascinating case or, or argument here. Uh, but let's start with UVA. And here's what stunned me when I looked at this this morning because uh, the net ranking, that's the big ranking. Uh, all the all the college basketball teams, 1 to 360, whatever, uh, are ranked. You, you get the quad 1, the quad 2, the quad 3. You know, they tally up the wins, the strength of schedule. This is the number that's at the top of the piece of paper the committee's looking at when they make the tournament. And historically speaking, you know, anything 40 or better you're in the tournament. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, teams in the 40s often make the tournament. Teams in the 50s sometimes make the tournament. And a couple teams in the 60s make the tournament. So that that's the breakdown of where you have to stand. It, you know, there's 64, there's 68 teams in the tournament, but some of them are going to be from small conferences, automatic qualifiers. They're, they're going to skew that pool. So So just being a top 68 team is not enough to get you in the tournament. you got to be better than that to get the at-large. UVA is 50 right now in the net. Here's the stunner. The Hokies are 53. It was a 10-point swing for both teams last night. UVA was 41 going into the game, now sitting at 50. The Hokies were 62 going into the game, now sitting at 53. That caught me off guard that there would be that big of a swing off of one game and off of the implications that now it was a, a monster win 75 to 41 it was I mean as, as thorough of, of a butt kicking as I've seen in a while the, the Hokies took it to them uh, it, it was very impressive uh, just the way they handled their business in the paint the way they played a tough physical brand of basketball uh, it, you know Mike Young will ask you where, where's that been all year um, if the Hokies had played like this all year, they they wouldn't be in this spot. They wouldn't be scrapping to make the tournament. Uh, here was Mike Young post game uh, to uh, the Virginia Tech radio crew. We were as unselfish yeah. defensively as we were offensively. Our work defensively was a sight to behold, and um, we had uh, we had a good plan. Coach Webster, Coach Olinger did a really nice job preparing our team. And you know, fellas, um, a lot of the respect that uh, I have for them is is they, they, they're going to do what they do and they do it very, very well. You know, there's no smoke and mirrors. There's no, you know, behind door number three. It's coming right at you. Here it is. It's sides. It's three game. And uh, can you get can you guard it? Uh, we didn't guard it very well up there. Consequently, got beat eight. Guarded pretty doggone well tonight. That's uh, Virginia Tech coach Mike Young and he's he's right to take a victory lap uh, but but there's a lot of work still ahead of the Hokies and and he noted that later in the interview he said, you know this isn't this isn't enough unless we follow it up and they'll get opportunities to do that their their final four coming in 
Uh, their final four games, they've got Pitt, Syracuse, Wake Forest, Louisville, Notre Dame. So, so they don't have any of the big-name teams. They've got a chance to tread water. Going into last night, I would have told you UVA was in and Tech was out. Uh, I, I wrote off Tech a few weeks ago. They just didn't get the big wins when they had the chance to. I didn't view last night as a, as particularly a big win for them. I thought they'd be favored at home against UVA. Uh, now, obviously, the way they won it was impressive. But but the numbers say UVA at 50, Tech at 53. That That's a check-yourself moment, right? Because I'm prepared to come on and tell you UVA's in, Tech's out, even after last night, right? My, my gut says ignore that result. Um, as ugly as it was, as lopsided as it was, almost the biggest margin in the history of the series. It set that aside. Virginia's got the better resume. Virginia's got the better wins. And UVA's going to make the tournament. And Virginia Tech has worse losses. Didn't accomplish what it needed to in the non-conference. They're not going to make the tournament. I don't know that that's a given anymore. When, when the committee's looking at these numbers, if they're only separated by a couple spots... Now, UVA could beat Duke or beat North Carolina, and they're right back in. Either of those wins, I think, gets them in definitively. And I still think the committee will like them more than Tech, but it's a different world out there this morning all of a sudden. They're they're a little more neck and neck. I thought UVA was comfortable. They're not comfortable anymore. Uh, I thought Tech was out. I think the door's cracked open again. I, I think there's a chance they could make this, and I think that's what's going to make these final five games for Tech, four games for UVA, really intriguing. You know, UVA's got two chances to secure its spot. They could beat Duke or they could beat UNC. They're capable of beating either of those teams. They are truly capable of beating anybody on any given night and capable of losing to anybody on any given night. Yeah, this, this is a classic Tony Bennett team in that regard. Uh, Tech's a little more of an, an unknown uh, and, and we'll take your calls on this. You've been watching the Hokies this year. Uh, they're frustrating. Because you sense there's talent there, but you really haven't seen it at that level night in and night out. Uh, VCU, that's that's the fun one. Um, everybody wants me to say VCU can make the tournament. Everybody, everybody wants it badly. I don't think VCU can make the tournament. I, I said it. I, I just don't think they can make it as an at-large. I'm talking about at-large here. Obviously, they can win in Brooklyn. Anybody can win in Brooklyn. I They could absolutely string together three wins in Brooklyn. Uh, nice thing about VCU's spot, uh, they're basically you know locked up a double buy at this point. It would be really hard for them not to get a double buy in, in, in Brooklyn. So you only have to win three games, three games in four days. They've got the, the goofy bye day now where everybody takes Friday off. Uh, I, I don't know why. I don't know why. But everybody just takes Friday off now. Um, yeah, kids these days don't want to work. Kids these days. Uh, they, they've got the double buy all but locked up. Uh, they can win in Brooklyn. I Their net number is 71. Those teams don't make the tournament. Um, I just don't see a scenario where coming down the stretch that changes in a tangible way. Um, they've got two big games left at Richmond at the Siegel Center uh, and at Dayton. They'll, they'll close the season in Dayton with a Friday nighter on ESPN2. Now, Dayton's all the way in. They can't do anything to get knocked out at this point. Um, if if VCU could win out, if they could get both of those, so all the others as well, right? You got trap game at UMass tonight. UMass is, is not a bad basketball team. Uh, at Richmond, at Dayton, you know, hold, hold, your, uh, hold your line at home. Sure, 
then then we could crank the door open and talk about it. It doesn't feel like this is the kind of basketball team that's going to be able to do that. It, it, they're they're on a heater, but but every once in a while you you get the slip up and and I just think rolling off all six in a row is going to be too tall of a task for this basketball team. They they got to play them one at a time, but I think winning at Richmond and winning at Dayton uh, is probably not going to happen for these guys. And I I think that I think that they're well equipped to win in Brooklyn. But the the interesting thing is, right, your case to the committee is we were really good in February and March. Nobody better than us in February and March. I just I don't think the committee is going to be ready to go that far in terms of judging teams based on where they are now. I think they're going to want November and December to continue to mean something in college basketball. I, I don't think they're going to like I, I think they're going to take some teams because they're hot late. I don't know that they're willing to go that far and overlook what are some really dud losses along the way for the Rams. Uh, but six six left. If they if they put them all in the barn, I, I think that's their that's their path here. I think they got to go six for six. Those starts tonight. VCU at UMass. Richmond is seventy three in the net rankings. Uh, I don't know if there's a path for them or not. I think if they win out, they you know that that's another school they've got a case. Uh, could make it happen potentially. Uh, I'll be curious to see what happens to the Spiders down the stretch. Whatever happens, that's a team that really uh, beat expectations in a big way this year. They were picked towards the bottom of the A10 this year. Um, hopefully, would make the NIT even if they don't. Uh, I know the NIT messed with its selection formula, trying to bring in more big name schools, which is just the dumbest possible thing they could do. Like you don't need more eight and ten. ACC and Big 12 schools in the NIT. Nobody's clamoring for that. You know, you want you want the Richmonds of the world in it. Hopefully they would get a chance if they don't get a chance at the dance. And then JMU's the other one. JMU, by the way, is 55 in the net. JMU's flying high. Um, App State's the other team that's good in, in their division. They're 71 uh, in, in the net. I don't know if it's a two-bid league. Uh, I think if JMU finished strong, they could make a case for it. It would be pretty wild to see a two-bid Sunbelt because that is not a historically very good basketball conference. JMU doesn't have a ton of chances to put good ones in the bank. But the the Dukes, if they win out, I think could absolutely be in the discussion. they got something special going on out there in Harrisonburg, too. So tonight, 7 o'clock, VCU at UMass. Uh, we'll settle it on the court. We got two weeks left, and we'll be uh, we'll be up at the ACC tournament. AWOT will be up in Brooklyn. It's a fun time of year. March Madness is upon us, and everybody's got a chance. So you're saying there's a chance? I'm saying there's a chance. Uh, but what a, what a game last night. We'll dive into that a little bit more later. Uh, plenty to take on on today's show, how to fix the NBA All-Star game. Um, Mac McClung winning the slam dunk contest prior to Gate City. Uh, we'll dig deeper into last night's Tech UVA game, hear a little more from Mike Young post game. All that and your phone calls, 833-804-0910. We're off and running. It's a Tuesday morning. Thanks for spending it with us. This is 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. All right, keeping it rolling on a Tuesday morning. One more college basketball note because we didn't, we weren't on the air yesterday to to give their props. Uh, the Hokies women are hosting uh, College Game Day on Sunday. Women's College Game Day will be in Blacksburg this week for the Hokies taking on UNC Senior Day 
down there. Uh, the the end of the line, presumably, you never know what the end of the line is anymore in college because you got the COVID years and the extra years, and uh, so you know, like the term senior has kind of lost all its meaning. But probably the end of the line uh, for Kitley Amore, uh, that crew uh, that has has done so much for. I don't want to say Virginia Tech women's basketball. I just want to say women's basketball. Uh, they've they've done so much for women's basketball as a whole. Uh, that Final Four run, of course, brought so much awareness to the sport here uh, and the way they've played. So excited to see them get college game day and a really good game against UNC uh, down, down there in Blacksburg on Sunday. That'll be a ton of fun. Great way to send them out at home before they start uh, their tourney run. And a crowded field this year. I know everybody's uh, hoping for a Final Four return, but there's a lot of good teams in that space this year. That'll be uh, that'll be a ton of fun. Okay, one I lied. One other one other college basketball note. Um, I don't know if you're following this Kanye Cleary situation. Uh, he's at Penn State. He's from Virginia Beach. Uh, switched with Mike Rhodes and went to Penn State with him. Uh, Rhodes kicked him off the team. Last week, uh, this team, this thing's turning uh, ugly, though. the The Penn State message boards, and we'll uh, maybe we'll get a Penn State expert on later this week to break all this down for us. So there's a lot of you know a lot of drama around this, uh, including, and I'm just quoting here, rumors that the team the team was hung over when they played against VCU in Orlando back in November on Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, what what a what a first season for Mike Rhodes out at Penn State. I don't know that I believe that because here's the thing about the like you know you're gonna play three games in three days at those tournaments. You also know like you don't play afterwards. Everybody knows you do your drinking after the third game. Like everybody knows when acceptable drinking time is. That's that's why I find that hard to believe. Uh, but if he's getting kicked off the team midseason, sharp young player, something's there. Something happened. Uh. If there's if there's a bright side here for Mike Rose is that everybody's a free agent every year now anyway, which you're seeing. I you know we weren't on the air last week. Chip Kelly leaving UCLA to go be the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. These coaches and by by the way we were out at the Super Bowl. We were talking to some people. These college coaches all hate their jobs right now. Um, like it's it's kind of actually really hard to overstate how much they all hate their jobs right now. Um, because you're not only, you used to recruit recruit high schoolers and they'd come and they'd be with you for four years and some of them were knuckleheads and you had to kick them off the team or deal with them or whatever. Uh, but now you got to recruit every player every year. And so if you bring in a freshman but you don't play him enough, mom or dad's in his ear, you got to get out of there, you're never going to make the NBA here, you're never going to make the NFL here. And now all of a sudden a guy you were going to develop for four years is gone. And now you're recruiting from other schools. You're trying to steal from other coaches who you probably like and you probably know. And you're trying to poach their players so that you can you can field a veteran team of guys who trained elsewhere. They don't they don't like their jobs. You're seeing you're seeing an exodus of a lot of college coaches to the NFL as well. It's a big part of it. Um, I don't know if you're seeing the same in the NBA because those are kind of two different worlds. But you're seeing a lot of coaches head for the door. Uh, you saw Roy and Kay Bayheim. A lot of coaches are heading for the door rather than dealing with this. Uh, Mike Rhodes a little, little too young for that. He's got to deal with this. Uh, yeah, it uh, came along at the wrong time, I believe, is the saying there. All right. Uh, Washington Nationals owner Mark Lerner said to the Washington Post yesterday, he's the club's managing principal owner, 
uh, said, we have determined, our family has determined, we are not going to sell the team. Uh, So two years ago, the Washington Nationals announced they were beginning to explore a possible sale. Uh, The rumor at the time was Ted Leonsis, who's trying to build you know, the Megaplex in, in Alexandria right now for the Wizards and Capitals would buy the team. It made a ton of sense. He owns a TV network. TV networks enjoy having sports to broadcast. They play a lot of baseball games. It, it seemed to all make sense. It all fell apart. Um, one of the big reasons was the Baltimore Orioles owned the TV rights to Washington Nationals games, which was a weird thing that was negotiated when the Nationals started as an expansion team. One of the concessions made, the Orioles and, and Peter Angelos say you, you can't put a team in D.C. That's our market. You know, those are Orioles fans there. So the concession made was that the Orioles would hold the TV rights to the Nationals. So essentially, Leonsis was going to buy a team that he couldn't put on TV for his TV network. So that, that didn't make a ton of sense. Angelos apparently wasn't super interested in negotiating. That's not a surprise to anybody who's followed his career. What is a surprise is the Nationals have been, I put this gently, very cheap uh, over the past couple of years. They haven't been signing players, haven't been super active, and that's made sense in the sense of if they're going to sell the team, why why would you put money into it? That's the next guy's problem, right? We saw that at the end of the Dan Snyder run, kick, you know, kicking contracts down the road, Cam Curl not getting signed, you know, the offensive uh, offensive line coach Travell Wharton didn't get signed until late in the cycle. Why would you spend money that somebody else will just have to spend soon anyway? That doesn't make fiscal sense. And you're not going to hurt the value of a sports team. There's 32 of them. Everybody, everybody wants to own one. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's an easy call. But now the learners are keeping the team. So now they got to do something. Because they got a bad baseball team now. And they're going to keep owning it. Now maybe they didn't get the price they wanted. I don't know why they're backing off. He he wouldn't he wouldn't go deep on it. Uh nothing has really changed, Lerner told the post. We've just decided it's not the time or the place for it. We're very happy owning the team and bringing us back a ring one day. Uh sure, you need good baseball players to win a ring. Traditionally, traditionally there's I mean you could, you know, you could find like an Angels in the outfield style scenario or, you know, was it rookie of the year where the kid breaks his arm and can, can throw fastball. Those things happen in movies generally, but we, we can't rule it out. Could happen. More likely than not, they just have a really bad baseball team now that they own. The other the other thing that happened here was the Orioles sold. Uh, Angelo sold the Orioles to David Rubenstein, the, the investor from the Carlisle Group, who was originally part of Leonsis's bid to buy the Nationals. So I wonder if that bid fell apart in its entirety. Now, the one thing that's ridiculous, and We'll we'll bite on this again, but just anytime you see the national people like pumping the tires for an owner, remember when the commanders were for sale and Jay Glazer went on TV as they've had bids of seven billion dollars. This is you know, this is gonna set a record. You know, eight billion dollars is in play here. Well, and then they sold for uh, you know, six at the end. Like when the nationals were for sale, all the people on Fox and those people you well, there, there's dozens of people inter- putting in bids, and, and this is going to be a... I think there was one. I think there was one bidder. I think it didn't work out, and and they're back to the drawing board now. I, I think they were pumping the tires on this thing. Uh, a little too full, perhaps. Uh, but the learners have, learners have to figure out what they're going to do now. Because uh, they own a baseball team. It's not very good, and, and they got to start pumping some resources 
into this thing. Uh, I'll I'll be curious to watch, especially because the Orioles are both now good and have new ownership and have a ton of energy and have a lease coming at Camden Yards. I'm fascinated to see what's next in that story because I, I think the Orioles are in a position where they could really lap the Nats. I think they have a better ballpark experience. Uh, they, they're a more exciting division. You get to see more exciting opponents, uh, not not discounting whatever the Mets are these days. Um, you know, you get to see the Yankees, the Red Sox, uh, the Rays are an exciting young team. The Nats are going to need to find themselves an identity over the next few years, especially if the learners are going to hang on to the team. All right, bottom of the hour here, we're going to step aside. Uh, we will be back when we do. We will fix the NBA All-Star game. we got a lot to catch up on. A lot happened over the long sports weekend. Daytona 500 happened over the long sports weekend. That's probably as much as I'll mention the Daytona 500 today. But we mentioned it. Cross, cross, cross the box. We did it. We, you know, congrats to uh, congrats to William Byron, winner of the Daytona 500. There was a big crash. I saw it. I saw it on Twitter last night. Um, 18 cars crashed towards the end of the race. That's you know, that's what that's why people watch. That's why people watch. Uh, we're back with more after this. It's MP on the mic. You're listening to 910 The Fan now 105.1 FM. Tuesday morning, coming off the three day weekend. MP here, Michael Phillips. On the mic, taking you up to noon, AWOD Radio takes over. Grant and Danny drive you home on the fan. And, of course, tonight, VCU at UMass, the Rams. Uh, I broke it down earlier, grabbed the Odyssey app. It's free. It's got the rewind button. Uh, I think they got to win out. I think it's got to be six for six to to crack open that door of an at-large bid, potentially, because they got, they got some real stinkers of losses they got to cover for. Uh, in that early season run. There were some really bad ones mixed in there. Uh, so you got to do something really good to make up for that. I, th- I think they got to be perfect down the stretch to have a chance coming into Brooklyn. Uh, it's March Madness. We love it. It's it's the right time of year, uh, having a ton of fun. And, of course, VCU basketball lives right here on the fan. We'll have full postgame reaction tomorrow with Ryan Odom and crew from up there in Massachusetts. Uh, UMass one of those funny schools because remember like they were really good back in the day Marcus Camby and all them like and then they they just fully dropped off the face of the earth I don't know I don't know what like how does a school become that good and then that bad I don't know ask George Mason I guess Um, it's weird like I because in your head you think UMass you're like UMass basketball like yeah but they're, they're nothing to write home about there. They're they're seven and six in the A ten. They're a good team. They'll give VCU a game tonight, but Sports Center's not uh not beating down a path to to Massachusetts up there. Are they are they Amherst? I don't know. What's what's the city? I don't know. We'll find out. What what city UMass plays in? What city what city's UMass in? I feel like it's Amherst. I couldn't point it out to you on a map. There you go. That's my uh geographical ignorance of the morning. Got Hazel here, got JC here. Whole gang's here. We'll hear from them in, in a bit. It, I'm right. I'm right? Yeah, you got it. I'm right. It's okay. Amherst, Massachusetts, confirmed. Amherst, Massachusetts. Don't don't ask me where that is on a map. I could point out Massachusetts on a map. I could get that. Uh, but, but I don't know about the rest of it. Speaking of basketball and bad basketball, in this case, uh, the NBA All-Star Game was Sunday night. I don't know if you watched the NBA All-Star Game. It's they kind of clown each other for a while. Uh, the winning score was two hundred and eleven. Um, they they don't play defense. 
But this year, they they Adam Silver, the commissioner, had said like we're going to make a better game. People are going to enjoy watching the game. It won't just be these guys playing around for two hours out there on the court. And it definitely wasn't that at all. But it led to a great moment because Adam Silver knows he has not delivered on his promise. But he's there. He has to present the All-Star Trophy. Here he is presenting the All-Star Trophy to the winning team in Indianapolis. Well, thank you, Ernie, for first of all, to the city of Indianapolis. Thank you for the fantastic hospitality. To Herb Simon, he's owned this team for 41 years, the longest standing governor in NBA history. Thank you very much, and to your son, Steve, as well. And to the Eastern Conference All-Stars, you scored the most points. Well, congratulations. Giannis, to your team, this trophy is yours. <laughs> we're we're gonna play that clip so so much. Fire 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 that up one more one more time. Adam Silver to the winning team. You scored the most points. Well, congratulations. <laughs> That's fantastic. You, you scored the most points. That means I have to give you this. I'm not happy about it in any way whatsoever but <laughs> we agreed to rules beforehand and they said that if you scored more points I'd give you this trophy so here it is it's not even begrudgingly it's just there's no wind in the sails it's grudgingly <laughs> uh, what, it, it, it's not begrudgingly it's, it's grudgingly Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that, <laughs> it's the well for me you scored the most points this is a long draw well out. well, well. <laughs> you scored the most points. Well, congratulations. Yeah, there is a difference between congratulations and, well, <laughs> congratulations, this, I guess. This teleprompter here says congratulations. I'm going to say it so we don't make a bigger scene, but please know I'm making a scene right uh, they're, now. They're telling me that you win. Congratulations. <laughs> it's the least sincere congratulations of all time right there. I love it. Giannis, here's a trophy. Go away. I've got some thinking to do. We got some problems to solve here. He's not the first person with this problem. Uh, he's not the first commissioner to deal with the All-Star game being an issue. And back in the day, the All-Star game was fun and special because you got like one game on TV each week. And it was a chance to see the stars that you didn't often see and a chance for them to compare themselves against each other. Um, Larry Bird, you know, it's in Indiana, so we got to hear from Larry Bird, of course, um, you know, a, a legend uh, in, in basketball and a guy who's very involved with the Pacers. He weighed in before the game, and here's what Larry Bird had to say about the All-Star game. The one thing I would really like to see is they play hard tonight in this, uh, uh, this All-Star game. I think it's very important when you have the best, the best players in the world together you got to compete, and you got to play hard, and you got to show the fans how good they really are. I just think it's a dated perspective. I look. Part of the problem here for Adam Silver is you got the old guys there talking about how it just used to mean something. Like this used to be a game that mattered, and we cared. Like that was forty years ago. It's it's not a game that matters anymore. And you know, you talk about being able to see the stars. Like I, I see the stars every night. Like if if anybody does a, a great dunk tonight, I'm gonna see it within twelve minutes. Like if it happens tonight in Portland at the Rose Garden, 
I'm going to see it within 12 minutes. It's going to make its way to my phone. I don't need an all-star game to see the stars. Uh, if, if something happens in Phoenix tonight or in Salt Lake City tonight, we're going to see it right away. And it, it'll make the rounds on the highlights. It's it's not as impressive anymore to see to see the stars and to you know get a chance to see them all in one place and you, know, you talk about comparing to see which conference is better like you know these guys change teams every every 12 minutes now there's no there's no juice behind the core concept right now the NFL's got this problem too and the NFL just leaned all the way into it and just killed the pro bowl game they just don't do it anymore they do the skills contest I think that's probably ultimately the road the NBA should take because everybody wants to, I guess everybody wants to dunk on the dunk contest, right? Oh, the dunk contest, man, used to be great. Like, nah, the dunk contest is still cool. Like, shout out to Mac McClung, Pride of Gate City. Dunk contest is still cool. He jumped over Shaq. He, and Shaq's a big human. That was, I don't care who you are. That's impressive. Everybody, everybody wants to say, oh, dunk contest used to be better, you know. Nah, dunk contest is still really cool. People still love the dunk contest. Three-point shooting contest, that was great. Uh, Those are still good events. I think the skill events ultimately need to just overshadow the game, right? The NFL leaned into that. The Pro Bowl is now pretty much exclusively just, you know, doing skills contests. What is baseball all-star weekend now but a home run derby and some other events? And I get that the baseball all-star game has kind of held its appeal a little better um, part of that is it's hard to get hurt just playing baseball. Like the NBA guy, they, they don't want to get hurt at the All-Star game. That's a worst-case scenario. At the NFL, nobody wants to get hurt at the Pro Bowl. It's a violent sport. If you play as hard as you can play, somebody's going to get hurt. Uh, baseball, it's if you get hurt, like something went weirdly wrong there. Uh, you know, you can, you can come out and play two innings of baseball and not not jeopardize your life and health. So, you know, that that game has retained a lot of its appeal but I would argue the home run derby is more popular now than the all-star game itself. Uh, I think that's what people tune in for, and that's what people want to see. I know when, when the baseball all-star game was in D.C. a few years ago, the, the home run derby, to me, was more fun than the game. Uh, I was there for both nights. I, I was there for celebrity softball night, too, but I don't think anybody's going to, uh, going to contend that celebrity softball night is, compares with the other two. That's a thing they do. They have the Futures game. That's cool, too. Uh, you know, no, nobody's buying a ticket to All-Star Weekend to see the Futures game, but it's cool that they offer it. You know, I'm, I'm sure the NBA could do a version of that. Uh, the, the core problem is the, the All-Star game product is dated. Uh, but you got to lean into the other stuff, the dunk contest, the three-point contest, all the other stuff. It's all, it's all fun to watch still. You just got it. You got to make that the show and and not the game itself, or or find new you know pickup style three on three, whatever it is. You got you got to mix up the style there. Um, NHL does a skills contest, fastest skater, hardest shot. They also do an all star game. I I think it happened a couple weeks ago. I don't know. I don't keep tabs on the all star games. I'd say the NBA and baseball probably have the biggest platforms for theirs, just in terms of people stopping and watching and them being an event. Uh, one thing that I think is cool, the MLS a few years ago switched to, it's the MLS All-Stars against, and they bring in like a Premier League team. Like, can our best players hang with that? I like that a lot. I think that's a great concept. I don't think there's room for that in any other sport per se. Um, but I, I think that's a cool concept at least. And they do the skill stuff. I think you got to lean into the skill stuff and and everything that goes along with it. You got to put on a show. 
Uh, that's, uh, you know, because otherwise, otherwise what you're going to end up with at the end of the night is, uh, is Adam Silver grumpily giving away a trophy. Well, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations, NBA. You scored the most points. Here is a trophy. <laughs> that that's not the last time we've heard that clip. I've I've got a feeling. All right, a little bit more, a uh, little bit more in this hour. We got a whole other hour with you, taking you up to noon. It's VCU game day. VCU UMass tonight at seven, of course, right here on the fan. We'll step aside. Be right back with more. You listen to MP on the mic. This is nine ten. The fan now one zero five one FM. Tuesday morning, what's up? MP on the mic, 910 The Fan, 105.1 FM. We're live worldwide. On the free Odyssey app, it's the one with the rewind button. Check in on anything we've covered so far in today's show. Now that we've fixed the NBA All-Star game, we're, you know, it's all it's all downhill from here. We're, uh, we're home free from here. I have not been in this studio in two and a half weeks, uh, so it's, it's great to see you. Uh, Everybody's smiling faces. JC's here. Hazel's here. Uh, whole crew's here. Just, just, just like I left it. Um, I haven't checked in with you since the Usher Super Bowl halftime show. Oh uh, man, what'd you think, of Usher? Uh, iconic as always. I thought the, if I may, I don't want to throw cold water on this. I thought the second half was great. Like the second five minutes started off was a phenomenal. Shaky. I just thought it started slow. Yeah, um, I don't need slow in my Super Bowl halftime shows. No, good he's, point. He's, He's a great dancer. He has a great voice. Like, I mean, he's got dance moves we could only dream about. Oh, yeah. But but when it picked up, it picked up. And he's getting up there, too. We we discussed this. He's not as old as, as you thought he might be since he's been around for such a long time. But He's 45. That's younger than I would have pegged Usher for. But even still, moving around for a 45-year-old guy. He's got moves. Uh, he's, he's spry. When does that leave you? How long can he stick with that? Because like know, you watch like J Lo, Madonna, like they've kind of checked out of the dancing game. Yeah, that, that's not really their scene anymore. Yeah, they're still famous. They're still singing. At a certain point, though, you you, you check out of the dancing game. And that's it's kind of severe. Uh, it was a severe drop off with J Lo. I yeah. noticed. I mean, she <laughs> used to be. She used to be like you know. One of the one of the more celebrated choreographers. Oh right? yeah, but now Jenny it's from the Block. Kinda, oh yeah, used to have a little. Now she has a lot. <laughs> Don't be fooled by the rocks that she got. Yeah, she's got a lot, a lot now. <laughs> it, I I think Jay Z has done a great job making these Super Bowl halftime shows because he took this over a few years ago. Yeah, I can't think of a single one he's done that I've disliked. I know some people didn't like Rihanna. I liked Rihanna. Sure. Um, She's iconic. Um, it was simpler than the others. How did Usher change out of the roller skates? How did he do that? <laughs> Stage magic. I don't, he was in roller skates, and then he wasn't in roller skates. Quick changing, I think they call it in, you, uh, in stage production, right? Quick changing. Have you ever seen the halftime show called Quick Change at the basketball games? I'm going to send you a YouTube clip of this. So there's there's like five or six groups of people that essentially like do halftime shows at college basketball games. Okay. Um, you're probably most familiar with the Red Panda. She's a Chinese lady. She rides a unicycle and she balances plates on her head. Let's go. Um, she puts a plate, like she's riding the <laughs> unicycle, she puts a plate on her foot and she tosses it up and catches it on her head. Let's go. While she unicycles. All right. She's the most famous. I'm in um, on that. The the weirdest one is is the guy, Steve Max is his name. He's the world's greatest Simon Says caller. 
Um, so he, <laughs> oh, oh, you think I'm making this up? Uh, so he invites <laughs> like 20 kids out of the student section to play a competitive game of Simon Says. Um, oh, man. But he's got a voice like an auctioneer, you know. He's, you know Simon says, touch your head. Simon says, touch your head. Touch your head. Touch your Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, so he like quick fires him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, that would, that would get wow. me eventually, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right away for me. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> that would get, me, that would get um, me eventually. But there's one called Quick Change, and it might be the best of the bunch. It's, uh, it's, it's like a man and a woman. I don't know if it's husband and wife, whatever. We'll find out about this. They... They change into nine costumes in like three minutes. Oh, okay. They like pull up a, a sheet and pull it back down, and they're wearing something different. I feel like I've seen you. Clips I, of this. I'm sure you've seen clips of this. Yeah, yeah. That that's the stage magic. Like I don't a, know. I don't know how they do it. One minute she's wearing like I don't know, like a like one outfit, and then the yes. next she's wearing a very long dress or something. Yes, like and that. it takes like half a second. Incredible. Like, whoosh, whoosh, done. Incredible stuff. Absolutely. All right, um, so JC, thank you for holding it down here. Um, yeah, I, dude, I, the station's still here. It's still it's still as clean as ever. Thank <laughs> thank thank you for your efforts. Uh, Hazel's here, so it's good good to have the whole crew back. Yeah. Um, you um you you pulled a tweet here about drivers. Um, you've got a suggestion for the drivers of Richmond. Yeah, so oh, I guess I'm, I guess you've got I a lot to... of suggestions for the drivers of I Richmond. Got a lot of suggestions. All right. But we're gonna, we I got a start. lot of problems with you people. Look, <laughs> many bones to pick. I don't know which bone to start with. Uh, first of all, the tweet that I read, I thought it was funny. It just caught my eye because I've thought this before. Okay. We need to make it so that if you don't use your turn signal, your car doesn't turn. And if you don't use your turn signal, your car won't, like literally won't turn. It just won't turn. <laughs> wheel lock. <laughs> Until you learn how to use that little that little knob, that little that little wand on the left there, you know where it is. My Everybody guy JC demands quality driving out there. And just safe driving, man, because I have j- I've seen too many accidents happen because somebody was merging, feeling cute. I uh, I Hazel w- wants to weigh in on that. I wouldn't be I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to turn a lot. That's uh, that's, that's my confession. Going straight, missing all your turns. Called himself out. <laughs> I did see somebody turn onto an on-ramp and use their signal, but definitely turning the wrong way onto an on-ramp. And then I drove away. <laughs> oh, no. You know, behind me, there's some accident on the highway. But I was safe, but... Was it by chance the exit down by down by the Diamond, the west exit down by the Diamond? No, it was the one by VCU, uh, the big sports field. Oh, and they just write. It's the one that says "Do not enter." Well, good luck. <laughs> but they okay. put their signal on. Is the thing. <laughs> so they, they, know, the, car the car would turn. allow that under exactly. the new system. Just yeah, you'd still be turning down one-way streets. So you're saying you just kept on driving? What the I correct didn't know way? What to do. The correct. The way. correct way. I can't follow them. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, what else can you do? You're Maybe not, honk your horn. You're not. Yeah. Res- you're not responsible for other people's decisions. That was no. their mistake. <laughs> that is true. But. If if uh, turn signal or not was the difference between turning or not, you'd use them a lot more. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, first I'd go the wrong way a lot, but then then oh, I'm very very stubborn. But but over time I'd get it. Yeah, absolutely. You're like, dang it, fine. I guess I have to click. Let me let me do this. 
No, because I sometimes I'll get a rental car and like if you you know if you change lanes it beeps at you, and so because yeah. I don't use my signal as much as I should, um, sorry, um, <laughs> admitting something here. Like I'll switch lanes, and beep 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 beep, you know, start yelling at you. Uh, so. so it's like a little I may um, merge. I may need that reinforcement. Yeah, right. So mm-hmm. it's got a merge alert, is what you're saying. It's saying you've left your lane. You have left and I'm your like, lane. Yo. Should have should have used your signal or it wouldn't have fussed at you. Exactly, exactly. So that's so we are implementing these ideas. (laughs) (laughs) It would be very dangerous to disable someone from turning. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Reality. I don't know. I've got the thing where it automatically stops if like there's some you know Mm. the automatic braking. Sometimes it'll just randomly do that. That freaks me out too. Yeah, that Uh, freaks me out. Yeah, way more than. Like, not using a am signal. I missing the obstacle? Is it just randomly stopping me? I, yeah. Sometimes, right. sometimes the car's not actually smarter than you. What if um, I wanted to go past that obstacle? <laughs> yeah, not anymore. Nice try. <laughs> nice try. Nice try. We not, know what you want. Not even a little bit. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I I mean, the cars get smarter every year. Uh, we, we get dumber. The cars get smarter. <laughs> um, I'm, I'll be fine when we have self-driving cars, though. I saw a movie that started like this once. It's called The Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be fine with a self-driving car, especially, you know, going to D.C., you know, all the time. Like, I'd like to have those two hours back. I would like to check, check like, out on that drive, yeah. Yeah, not like to be productive, just to have a nap or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. All right, uh, one more hour to go. It's a Tuesday morning. It's MP on the mic. You're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.